0: This is Big Podcast.
1: Build the Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper, and with me another David,
0: the man, the myth, the legend. Dave Jackson.
1: Both of us were in Nashville last week because Nashville had a big week with three events for podcasters. Dave Jackson, you were at two of the three. I was at two of the three. So we're gonna have a discussion about what happened in Nashville last week. I was glad you made it because it's a risky time for these live events right now with COVID and everything.
0: Yeah, it was something. that was on the books and I literally stuck my head in the sand. Two days before I was coming down to Nashville, I turned on the TV. Some woman on the news screamed, we're all going to die. And I went, okay, that's enough of that. Because if I really would have watched the news, I would have been hyper just sensitive about it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to kind of see what everybody recommends and we'll go from there. But uh, it it still was a little awkward at times. You're not sure what to wear and how to talk. And what they did at Podcast Movement is they had a red button. Please, let's practice social distancing. Yellow was, okay, we can elbow bump or fist bump or whatever. And then green was like, full on, give me a hug.
1: What numbers of people do you think had those different buttons? Like how many people were red? With the people, because I feel like the people who actually showed up to these events, definitely at Rockin' Pod, and we can talk more about this in a minute. It was like stepping back into the 1980s in multiple ways, not just the music, but also nobody had masks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. And that was when I first showed up, there weren't many masks at Podcast Movement. And it wasn't until probably late Thursday when you started seeing speakers on stage, so they're nowhere near anybody and they were still wearing masks So that I think, for the most part, it was nowhere near the majority. Uh, when I first walked in, I was like, okay, so this is Nashville. This is a no mask kind of location, <laughs> uh, which was fine. So what I did for most of it, I worked for Libsyn and at the Libsyn booth, we were pretty much masking up. And then what I would do is whoever came up to the booth, if you didn't have a mask on, I would politely pull mine down and just kind of match whatever kind of level you are at. So, but like I said, towards the end, uh, I I saw a few more people in the hallway wearing masks than probably on Tuesday.
1: You know what's interesting is Nashville being a music business town, we have been so affected by coronavirus because the whole industry as far as live touring shut down. And it's not just musicians, it's cartage, it's bus drivers, it's the guys who are doing the food. Everything just shut down. And you had these guys that had been on the road for 20, 30 years. They're still out there that I don't think they'd spent a night in their bed, you know, more than a, a couple nights in a row. And here they were for a month, two months, six months. So we do take it very seriously as a community here. I think the issue is we have so many people from out of town that look at us as the Southern Las Vegas, like, woo! And we promote that. Yeah. So we kind of got ourselves into that, but we are a hot spot. I know us organizing, The local podcasters with the Podcast Editors Club event that we did the first of the week, that Monday night, up till the very last minute, we were like, what are we going to do? And we ended up having a great night. We ended up doing probably 80% of it outdoors once the main presentation was done. I'm sure Podcast Movement, I I was getting up-to-the-minute updates on those guys too. And they were asking, as you mentioned, the speakers to actually mask up. That was them, not just the speakers. They said, we suggest that you mask up. And I don't blame them.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing is when I first showed up, it, it's really a resort, and they have a water park there. I mean, the, the thing is ginormous. So when you first walk in, it's not like everybody there is for the podcast event. So there were right. a lot of kids, and they're not masking up because they're whatever, seven or things like that, you know, little itty-bitty kids. So there were people there that that weren't just there for the podcast event. I think that might have also had some say on whether or not uh, people are going to wear a mask or not.
1: And the people who are willing to travel right now, that's sort of self-selecting. They're like, f**k it. We're not wearing a mask. We're not worried about this stuff. I think a lot of people did stay home because of this very reason.
0: We had three people from Libsyn who have small children that at the last minute said, I'm not comfortable going. Their whole point was, you know, if you get it and then you bring it home and you got some little one that's not vaccinated, they just didn't want the risk. Quite a few people I was looking to hang out with Jordan Harbinger was going to come. Same thing. His wife's pregnant. He's got a little one. So he's like, "Nap, changed my mind. And I just heard that on a, a fairly regular basis of the, the people that are kind of not super veterans, but have been there a while. And these are the people I was willing to, you know, looking forward to catching up with. And that doesn't mean they, they all didn't show up, but a number of people I was like, well, where's Emily Prokop. I knew Harry Duran had some family thing in New York and a couple other people. Uh, definitely just the risk for some people, it's like, you know what? I'll, I'll catch the next one.
1: Let's talk about the attendance. You mentioned the hotel being large, and it's actually the largest non-gaming hotel in the country. That is how big Opryland Hotel is. So it's, it's massive, and it almost appears that you're outside even when you are inside because atriums and things of that nature. So I think by looking at the podcast movement photos, it's hard to get a vibe on how many people were actually there, even if they had a full house it would feel pretty comfortable, I would think. There's a lot of space there. What did you think as far as comparing this year to previous years
0: as far as attendance? We were all trying to get a vibe because we'd heard that there were 500 virtual tickets and 2,000 in-person, and then we're trying to figure out how many of those in-person showed up. And it really is. It's like when you take your you know, your regular dinner and you put it on a larger dinner plate It's the same amount of people. It's just, (laughs) it looks really small and this ginormous. And I mean, the hotel just, it, it has to have its own zip code. It just kept going and going. So it really was hard to judge. And that's really, it's kind of interesting because, you know, these all start off the same way. We start off in a hotel or small venue and we love the community and then we want more people to join the community. And there comes a part where you have to have a big venue to house us all. And then the challenge has always been for not just podcast movement, but for any event, how do I keep that small community feel when I'm in the largest hotel without a casino? So it is a challenge for for everyone. You know, we kind of had, unfortunately, <laughs> the the wing of the hotel was the Delta wing, which we're all like, wow, that's, that's bad timing. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we were all kind of in that area of it. So it was somewhat easier to figure out where most people were hanging out, but it was still at times like, where are all my peeps at? And for me, I'm, it's a little bit like summer camp. I'm going back to see all my friends and a lot of the people that I hang out with again, I'm, I'm in my fifties and they have small kids and they're like, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll catch the next one. It's so funny you say that. I'm doing
1: a documentary right now about gentrification, and that's the recurring story. It's like you go back to the neighborhood, and the people that you knew are all gone. They've moved on, and I've certainly seen that with a lot of the podcasting events. They start out independent, guys like you, guys like me that have been in it for a long time, and now that corporate money has come in, that changed a lot of things. And I'm curious if that was also an issue here that a lot of corporate money, I mean, how were the the corporate
0: guys, were they showing up for this? And how was the mix there? When you walked into the area, the wing for podcast movement, as you walked kind of through this path, every show that was advertised was an ESPN show. And then as you went up the escalator, you saw these ginormous banners for Amazon shows, Dr. Death and all these other ones. And I was like, well, some big marketing money has definitely arrived. So that was interesting. Yeah. And but. You know, you get into things like Spotify wasn't there. Well, aren't they based, I think, in Switzerland or something like that? Well, Spotify
1: is also headquartered here, though. They are literally right down the street from me. They approached me about doing some production work for them. So they have a big podcasting presence here. That's a big surprise to me that they were not here.
0: Yeah. And they had somebody told me. So this is completely hearsay. But they're like, yeah, see that big empty spot in the exhibit hall? They're like, that's where Spotify was supposed to be. So they weren't there. I'm not sure if any other vendors didn't show up but you know there was kind of the usual suspects we had podcast hosting companies so Simplecast and Blueberry and Libsyn Podbean was there I really think I only saw two or three vendors that I'd not heard of you know and one was like a kind of a boom arm company and then one is basically a speakpipe replacement kind of a voicemail thing and the other one was kind of a all-in-one record on an app, media host type thing. And I, it was, for me, working for and every time I'd be at the booth and things would get slow, I would go to venture out and see what else was here. And that's when people would stop me. It was weird. They wouldn't ask me questions at the booth. But once they got me (laughs) one-on-one, they'd be happy to come up and ask. So I never made the full rounds around the exhibition hall.
1: Yeah. Talk about the networking aspect of things Cause we can get into rock and pod here in a minute, but I know going into rock and pod for me, I felt like, well, nobody's masked up except for me. And the mask is, is a barrier as much as I, I hate to admit that, because I think it's very important that people get vaccinated. It's very important that people mask up. It changes things. How did it change things at podcast movement? Did you feel you were able to connect with people as well as you would have normally?
0: I think so, because I know at one point they had a party, and it wasn't a small room, but it wasn't huge, and they had a band on stage playing, and they're handing out our doors, and again, nobody was masked up at, at that point, and I just remember thinking, we're really not practicing social distancing here, and we're all reaching in to grab the chicken sticks and everything like that and I was like, hmm, that that's that's kind of it's one of those where you like I'm going to be really happy in about 7 days when I can pass the date. And you go, "Yeah, I'm pretty clear at this point."
1: Right. So right. that was
0: that. Um there were I'm trying to think if anybody was masking up at, at at the network events. One was outside. That was great. So we all had our masks off for that. And it was great to to see people cuz you don't realize how much the lower half of your face is uh, used in communication via a smile or a frown or smirk or whatever and things like that. So, you know, that one especially was great. The other ones, like I said, the one in the smaller room was your typical kind of event networking party, which is really hard anyway. And really, when you think about it, in this case is something to think about. You can't hear each other. So you literally have to lean in and scream into somebody's ear. And when you think about it, that's really not safe. But Uh, we were all doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes me a little bit nervous. We've had a very well-known radio host get coronavirus in a big way. I mean, on a ventilator right now. Mm. And I keep waiting to hear the news that they're going to unplug this guy. It's a nationally known guy. A guy named Phil Valentine, who was syndicated for a long time. And a lot of people know him you know, you think about that close-up work that we do as broadcasters, as podcasters, and certainly in networking situations. And it is tough in a loud room where everybody's talking and you are leaning over and you're supposed to be masked. And even if you're masked, you've got to yell even louder. So yeah, it's, I I found that to be, this is the first event that I did, uh, first event being Rockin' Pod uh, that was really big, like hundreds and hundreds of people since this whole thing started. And if I had not been on stage a couple of times, I don't know that I would have gone. I mean, I was already committed, you know, and I'm not going to let somebody yeah. down like that. But I, I remember probably a lot like you thinking like, man, this is uh, like, what do we do to get the story or what do we do for our work? Because like it or not, I mean, who would have ever thought that the podcasting could be a, a dangerous job, but it, it is now.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people were looking at these events like litmus tests, like, well, let's. Throw this out there and see what it works. And I was talking with Dan Franks uh, the first day, and he said, man, if if this had been a month ago, it would have been a completely different conference because we were actually all feeling we were pulling out of it, probably felt a lot safer, not as much variant talk, but you know, you do the best you can with the the cards that are dealt you. So yeah, yeah, it it was definitely uh, interesting.
1: If it had been a month later, he would have had just the opposite of that. I think nobody would have shown up. Yeah. I'm looking at the map of where we are in Nashville. It's like not looking good, man. Yeah. Not looking good at all. And I I agree with you. It's one of those things that I'm a little bit nervous. (laughs) And I think it's two weeks, by the way, not one week that they want you to wait. So we'll see what happens, but uh, let's hope for, for podcasters to be safe and continue to be able to do this. What were the big takeaways and highlights of the event? A lot of people talked about the keynote. Well, both keynotes, because uh, one went well and, and
0: one not so well. Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire was there. She's a big workflow person. So she was explaining. I like that just because it showed that it takes some work, it takes some dedication, takes some focus. So I, I really like that. And then Tom Webster came out and explained, as much as we're all looking for that silver bullet, you know, oh, if I can just get you know a headliner or an audiogram, if I can just do this or that, and he was kind of like, no, that's not really the way it works. You've you've got to make great content. He talked about mastering your craft was one of the ways to do that. And he said, uh, I'm going to answer the question: How long should my podcast be? He said the answer is shorter than your last one. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting, but he was just a guy that was really like, look, this isn't going to be easy. You have to make great content. People were talking about that just because. There are so many people that are like, oh, come to my booth and I'll show you how to triple your this and that. And it's like, yeah, that's just not going to work. So that was interesting. And I'm still, I actually spent a little bit of time today trying to find if anybody had recorded Mark Cuban talking about Fireside chat app. And they announced that it was uh, partnering with Libsyn. So now, as opposed to before, if you did something in Fireside, it kind of evaporated a little bit like Clubhouse. And now if you want to, you can send it over to Libsyn. But Rule number one of any public speaking is you have to know who your audience is. And he kind of came out, and I'm paraphrasing because I didn't hear it. So this is, you know, third-party stuff. But he basically hinted that podcasting hadn't moved, podcasting was boring, and the only way that you can make money is through advertising, and the way you make money with that is by lying. And I was like, wow, i got to find a recording of that because that was, uh, you know, when you're saying that to a room full of podcasters that, hey, you know, you guys are kind of boring – and my app is going to somehow revitalize this. It was uh, an interesting way to sell your product. So we shall see. Well, especially the
1: hardcore guys. Yeah, Like we said, it's the guys that are there without masks. They're risking themselves to be there. Yeah. Those are the hardcore guys. It wasn't just your average run-of-the-mill podcaster at this event. But you, something you said that I, I think is interesting. Let's go back to Kate and Tom Webster. Fundamentals. You had fundamentals, which nobody wants to hear because it's not sexy. Right. Compared to Oh, I got an app. I got an app. I got an app. I'm going to triple your audience. You don't have to do a thing. You don't have to change a thing. All you got to do is give me 29.95 a month. Right. Nobody wants to hear the fundamentals and nobody wants to hear that they're too boring or they need to be edited. If if you'd actually listen to Tom Webster's advice, maybe Mark Cuban wouldn't have
0: been saying that about our podcast. Yeah. Exactly. It was a good way to start it off, I thought, and it got things going. But Tom was fully masked up when he came out. He was the first guy that kind of said that like, Hey, speakers can talk with a mask on. And he was, I mean, all you saw was his eyes and his hair. So, and he, he kind of just mentioned he's like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And planted his flag. So the leadership, man.
1: And everybody wants to have that kind of authority in the podcasting space. I think it's great to see that because it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. We can talk about rock and pod here. It's a perfect segue into it
0: because you go in there. I was the only guy with a mask on when I walked in. It was funny when we walked upstairs and you're like, man, <laughs> there's like four or five people coming behind me. And you're like, I think I'm the only guy messed up in here. And so again, I tried to match whoever I was dealing with. So, you know, I wanted to make you feel comfortable. So I put a mask on as I think did everybody else. So, you know, <laughs>
1: well, I think people are just looking for permission. It it takes you back. It's so funny. We were joking around about the 80s and the music and the the fashion that you would see at Rock and Pod. It really is a a segment of time, but it also can take you back to that time when maybe you were younger and you were afraid of, of doing something that's against the crowd. Yeah. I think a lot of people are that way. When you've got 99 people that aren't masked, you're the only one who is. It's easy for you to say, oh, you know, I'm going to be safe. It's cool. They're doing it. And it's easy to start thinking just because everybody else is doing it. And we see this in podcasting all the time. It's just one of those things that I appreciate there are different opinions. And I think that's one of the great things that we have about podcasting is we have these conversations and we can talk things out and not everybody's going to agree. I think that's important. Yeah. It was kind of shocking to me. I feel like I'm in a bubble I'm working with a lot of guys in in broadcasting and we're in these small little rooms and it's dangerous now and we've seen it firsthand. And I guess, you know, if you haven't seen it firsthand like this, where your coworkers are getting taken away or they're dying, it's safe for me to do this. Maybe it is. I I don't know. But it was certainly on my mind the entire
0: time. Yeah, there was a room at Rockin' Pod where I think everybody in there had a mixer and it was just this row of people interviewing each other and we were all on top of each other you know, under other circumstances, it would have been like, oh, wow, cool, look at all these podcasts being recorded at the same time. And at the same time, I was like, wow, that's a lot of people on top of each other. And I was just thinking from a technical aspect, I was like, that's got to be a lot of bleed, you know, going into the microphones <laughs> yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and this isn't to criticize
1: rock and Pod or criticize no. podcast movement. I think everybody's doing the best that they can. The reality of it, though, is like we talked about, is these in person events now, if you are masked up, it is not the same experience when you've got to stay back from people, when you've got to watch everything that you do, make sure you're not breathing on somebody, make sure you're not breathing in from somebody. Let's talk about the comparison between Rock and Pod and Podcast Movement in other ways. Rock and Pod is a very niche event. I think it started five or six years ago. It's for music fans, kind of like Comic-Con, but for music and also music podcasters. So I think it's interesting for podcasters to go and that you see a lot of fans and see people that have listened to your show. It's a very niche audience, but several hundred people, a lot of people there, and also a lot of great bands and a lot of musicians. Dave, you're a musician. You probably knew a lot of those guys that were on stage.
0: Yeah, it was uh interesting because I go back again to the early days and this guy had a t-shirt on for the band Steeler and Steeler had a guy named Ron Keel and Ingve Malmsteen in it. Yep. And all of a sudden this guy walks over and everybody there is tall because they all got boots on. So they're adding another two or three inches. And I was like, that looks like Ron Keel. And I see him go <laughs> over to this guy with the the Steeler shirt. And he's like, hey, man, I like your shirt. And I was like, oh, that is him. So it was interesting to see all these guys. And it was kind of, in a way, funny because every time I turn around, I'm like, wait, you know, one minute I I thought I saw like Jack White from Great White, uh you know the original singer. I'm like, no, that's not him. And there were a couple of guys that looked like Brent Michaels. So it was the the same clothes from, you know, nineteen eighty whatever, five or so. And much like myself, um, we didn't quite fit into those clothes like we did back in the day. So that was uh kind of <laughs> interesting. But it it was cool. And I as soon as I walked in and went to like all the exhibitor booths. It looked a lot like kind of a kiss convention or uh, a hair. I, I know a lot of people hate the phrase hair metal, but like a hair metal cruise that I hear a lot yep. because it was all just again, hyper niche on that kind of audience. And I, I believe some of the guys from the band Tora Tora were there. And I just, it was like, okay, cool. And then I turn around, and there's Carmine Apiece. Him and Vinny were there. And that was really, really cool. So. Throw that on top of uh, you know having you get to interview the guys from MTV. In the case of podcast movement, you would walk up to somebody and say like, "What brings you to the event?" At Rock and Pod, I knew exactly what brought people to the event. We were all there to to celebrate music and that music uh, of the day, and just talk about that kind of stuff and just relic. In it. There was a guy dressed up like Gene Simmons, and I mean, he was like head to toe, and he was not he he was all in on his costume. It was impressive.
1: I think the interesting thing about Rock and Pod is. It shows you the power of podcasting. You've got a music genre. We'll call it hair metal, heavy metal, glam rock, whatever you want to say it. Where did it go? Where did it go once Nirvana came in and grunge rock and what we consider rock and roll changed? We've got rap. We've got all sorts of other music, EDM that is on the radio now. Where did hair metal go? Well, it's going to podcasting now. And you see that these niches, are huge. They can still do these big events here. Those podcasters are as popular as some of the musicians who were there. And these guys are still making money. They're selling T-shirts. They're selling merch. They're selling Gene Simmons costumes. I mean, there's big money there. And I think it's one of those things that could be overlooked because you're not seeing it on an iHeartRadio station or MTV. We talked about that during that panel. We talked about where's the music on MTV? They're the most embarrassing moments, the Teen Mom trilogy, the whatever. (laughs) Where did music go? Well, it went to podcasting. So it was inspiring for that. And I think for any podcaster, even if you're not in the music business or a music broadcaster, I think it's a really cool event. Just to see Ricky Rackman, and we need to talk about what happened with you and Ricky. He said on stage when I was interviewing him, he said, yeah, I was on MTV for five or six years and it has allowed me to continue working and will allow me to continue working for the rest
0: of my life. I'm like, wow, amazing. I didn't realize how many people were watching that show. I know I did. That was literally like stay home Saturday night kind of stuff. Oh, I got to get home. It's time for the ball. And, you know, you could record it, but you didn't want to put that off because you're probably going to be talking about it with your friends the next day. So it was like, oh, did you see the new video from so-and-so? There are bands I still listen to today that I found on the Headbangers Ball and so yeah it was uh definitely really cool to see those guys and also I missed the and they talked about this the, some of the audience members how what a discovery tool that was I was much more up on pulp culture because I wouldn't have normally been listening to Whitney Houston and Backstreet Boys and all the other guys that were on there but I would sit through that because to see what the next video was coming on where now a I don't go to YouTube and type in like hard rock or heavy metal, I was waiting for somebody else to do that. And that's where things like Pandora and Spotify have kind of picked up where I think where MTV left off.
1: Yeah, it it is interesting, though. I I think that when you look at MTV compared to something like podcasting, though, and this is really for any broadcast network, is that you're in Ohio, I'm in Tennessee, and you and I are having that same experience. So if we got together Mm -hmm. by some twist of fate when we were teenagers or in our 20s, we could talk about something that we had experienced together. With local radio, we talked a little bit about this on the panel with Mark Goodman. But local radio being a curated playlist from Spotify or Pandora, it's like you're experiencing something totally different than I am, Dave. And I think that's good. That's that niche podcasting thing that we're talking about. But it also showed, I think, the power of broadcast media as well. So I think overall, I think Rock and Pod was a super cool event, everybody really accessible. We got to get the story with Ricky. You came back and uh, you, you had a Headbangers Ball t-shirt. we were hanging out in the, I guess, the foyer area afterwards. And and dude, this is one of the coolest because of my podcast <laughs> that I've ever heard. So let's talk about it. Tell me the story.
0: Well, it was funny because I was debating whether or not to I had a t-shirt that said the school of podcasting, but it was like powder blue and everybody else is like wearing black. And I'm like, surely I have to have a black one and I couldn't find my shirt. So I'm wearing my own shirt and I'm like, I don't know if that's a a douchebag move or not, but I'm going to wear my own shirt. And I tried to get to Ricky earlier because he has two podcasts on Lipson and I work for Lipson. I just wanted to go back and say, hey, thanks for being a customer. I couldn't get to him. His booth was just getting swamped. So I said, hey, I'm going to try again. And I run back because I I didn't want to wait till the end because then he's going to be in a hurry trying to get out. And I just walked up to him, and uh, so first I said, hey, you know, can I get a Headbangers Ball T-shirt? And he said, sure, fine, great. And I said, oh, while well, you're getting that, um, I'm from Libsyn, and I just want to say thanks for, for being a customer. I said, I noticed you haven't put out an episode lately. Do you need any help? And he goes, actually, yeah, my podcast is a bit of a mess. And he said, I'm even listening to that guy. The man, the myth, the legend, Dave Jackson. Pointing at my shirt, which says the school of podcasting, he goes, I still can't quite get things going the way I want it to. And I said, well, Ricky, I am that guy. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting. He's like, no way. He's like, and he bent over, grabbed his phone. Uh, he had an iPhone, fires up Apple podcast and shows. There's my show. Like he was just listening to an episode. And I said, I would love to help you with your podcast. And he took his Headbangers ball t-shirt and goes, here, this is on me. So he didn't charge me (laughs) for the shirt. And I said, well, I would love to help you. And he said, I'm reaching out. He goes, don't say that because I will, you know, take up on that. I said, I'm a huge fan. Let's get you organized and get you going. And so he's like, all right. So I expect to hear from him. You're going to reach out today and say, hey, I'm still here waiting to help you. It was interesting to have somebody go, I listened to your show. And then like pop out their phone and prove it to you. So that made my day. So that was pretty cool. And I got a free t-shirt. So what more do you want? Beforehand
1: the panel with Ricky, with Mark Goodman from MTV and also Matt Penfield. And I'm talking with Matt, just like you watching Ricky Reckman. I've seen Matt on TV for so long, listen to his voice, unique voice, like Matt, Matt, bring over here. And It's cool to talk to those guys because you realize they are just like us. We're doing independent podcasts. They may have MTV as a platform, but they're still coming up with episode ideas. They're still working on their hosting. And they talked about that on the panel with me. So, man, I was like a deer in headlights when they first put me on there. (laughs) Because the way Ricky got his gig was through Axl Rose. He had a club in Los Angeles. Axl Rose is on MTV like all the time. So he said, I've got this guy. I think he'd be perfect for this gig and it was an introduction, the same thing. These guys are not doing anything different than what we're doing. They've had maybe an audition or somebody said yes to them that put them on a national platform. But I think it's important for podcasters to know that what we learn as podcasters gets us ready for that next level. So if you're interested in broadcasting, if you're interested in video, YouTube, man, we've got all this stuff available to us and you can start practicing it now. It's not MTV, but it'll let you start getting used to the camera and getting used to building an audience and having those interactions
0: and then you're like Ricky. The thing that we have that somebody like Ricky didn't is he explained that he didn't choose any of the videos on Headbangers Ball. He said, what's interesting about that, he goes, is some people would come up and like, yeah, you you introduced me to Slayer. And they were like, thank you so much for that. And he goes, I need to have somebody else come up to him like, man, you ruined the ball. You kept playing Winger. And he's like, he didn't have anything to do with any of it. And <laughs> yeah. so where we have complete control over our brand and the content and how it looks and what it sounds like and things like that. So we actually have an advantage over what those guys did.
1: That was the coolest thing to me to see these guys that just being a, a journeyman, broadcaster podcaster or whatever you want to call it same for you to see that guys are still working and that's what Mark Goodman said he said I'm always going to work all these guys did Matt Pinfield's got a couple podcasts Ricky is doing a lot of motorsports work I think Matt is on KLOS now I think he's got something on Sirius as well I know that Mark Goodman is on Sirius and a lot of these guys you know the musicians they're still playing clubs they go through Midwest you've seen a lot of them coming through uh, Agora Ballroom right coming through Cleveland Yeah. Still packed, you know, when we can get together.
0: That's the interesting thing is a lot of these guys, the minute it started to look like things were clearing up, I have a bunch of of friends that are musicians and other bands. I I, uh, was looking at the local Northeast Ohio venues and they all were like, oh, look, here's a bunch of bands coming to town. I'm going to be interested to see how many of those get postponed because some of those were dates that had been postponed. And they're like, oh, this is finally going to happen. And now we'll have to wait and see you know, if they're still going to let people in. And I know some states are doing a thing where you have to show a card that you've been vaccinated and, yeah. you know, we're not sure exactly how helpful that is these days anymore. So it's going to be interesting to watch because I'm with you. I think there are some people that have just had enough. They're like, ah, whatever. I'm going to roll the dice and see what happens. And I was like, ah, that's that's a different way to, to look at it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's one option. But I do think for podcasters, I think here's the opportunity. If people are going out, They're going to need something in the background playing. And we have podcasts in cars now. If people are staying in, they're going to need community. They're going to need comfort. And that's the thing that we can provide for people. So I think there's a huge opportunity as podcasters. I do want to say it again, Dave, and and you said it as well, that you and I have both been vaccinated. We're masking up. We're doing the best that we can. I would encourage people to do that. And let's get back to normal. Let's get back to Podfest and podcast movement and all these other meetups that we can have because eventually you want to see your friends. And I think that's the power of these big events is that you do see people. I hadn't seen you for a while, Dave. I was glad to see you. texted Dave probably the night before Rockin' Pod. I was like, dude, you are making Rockin' Pod, right? Are you doing it? Got the text the next morning. I think Dave Jackson hadn't slept. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to be there. And sure enough, you were. And I always tell the story, Dave, of when I had you in for Music Business Radio, (laughs) you drove down from Akron to Nashville, did a show, you and I went to Baja Fresh afterwards, and you drove back. That's how hardcore Dave Jackson is, everybody. (laughs) And still is, still at it, 15, 16 years in the game.
0: (laughs) And you think about it is, I was in Nashville, and I just had to kind of look at myself and go, okay, there are people here, it's Music City. This is a group of people that I don't get to hang out with. And I was tired. I was getting four or five hours sleep a night at at Podcast Movement. I was ready to go home. And I was like, ah, it's just one day, just one day. So I was very happy that I uh, stuck it out because I got to hang out with you. I really enjoyed your panel with the PR people, got to meet Ricky Rackman. So I always tell people it didn't kill me. I got home a day later and things were a little tight, get my show up. But I'm, I'm really glad I did. And so, you know, I know that there are some people out there. Uh, one guy, Danny Pena, is just crushing it with a, a gaming podcast. And he's always like his middle name should be, oh, and here's some of my audience because he's always inviting them to everything he does. And I just thought, you know, some of my audience might actually be here. I didn't know it was Ricky Rackman at the time, but yeah. uh, I'm really glad I did. And you just got to take advantage of it while it's there. And I'll I'll be very happy, uh, again, talking about getting vaccinated. There's no comparison at all. Uh, nothing against the online events, you know, the education part, but everything that I did that I learned that I took away, almost all of it happened in a hallway, happened over lunch. That hallway track is something that I've yet to see a virtual event recreate well. I've gone to a lot of virtual events and they're okay. You get to meet people and it's, I'm not saying they're a waste of time. They're just not as cool as an in-person event.
1: Just to know that you're not alone and those hallway conversations. You had another time there at and Pod where Chris Krasinski, who owns Rockin' Pod, he said, Wait a minute, are you Dave Jackson? Are you? <laughs> so,
0: yeah.
1: That's what happens when you're Dave Jackson, everybody.
0: The man, the myth, the legend, Dave Jackson.
1: People just walk up to you.
0: <laughs> I expect that when I'm wearing a name badge. Yeah. But I was I was out to dinner with some, some friends and I had a Libsyn shirt on, so I guess that was maybe the giveaway. And this guy walks by and Ralph was telling me the guy that I was out to dinner with, he said he walked by our table like three or four times. He was kind of trying to figure out if, if that was you or not. And sure enough, he walks by and he goes, Are are you Dave Jackson? The man, the myth, the legend. Dave Jackson. Yeah, you know, so I'm always excited to meet anybody that's you know, holy cow, a listener face-to-face, they do exist. Yeah, that was, that's always fun, always cool.
1: Well, that's what I talk about in the book. I say approachability is the number one thing for you to have a connection with people because people need to feel that they can come up to you because people are intimidated. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think that because you're you and you know the inside and one leg at a time for your pants, right? But yeah, it's, uh, it's intimidating for some people and sometimes it takes them two or three times because they don't want to feel foolish. Don't feel foolish. Come on up, come on up. So what are your final thoughts, Dave? I think it was a good week. It was good to see you in Nashville, hang out with podcasters, risking our lives to do so. And hopefully we'll be in a safer position to do that in the future. But what are your thoughts? What do you got moving forward here in the next several months that we can look forward to?
0: Well, I'm working on some things that are online just because those are the safest, right? So I'm doing some updates to the School of Podcasting. But I think final thoughts is if we do get to a point where you can go to an event, if you have something, if you're doing a a podcast about, I don't know, authors and there's a writing event and there's going to be a bunch of authors, go to where you're target listener is. Cause that really is very cool. When you meet somebody who says, Hey, I listen to your show. It's a stroke. I'm not going to lie. It's a great stroke to your ego, but that does put gas in your tank. Cause there are times when you're talking into your microphone in your spare bedroom and you're not sure if anybody's listening. And boy, when you hear somebody say, not only do they listen to your show, but they like it, it really can put a lot of gas back in your tank. So that's something I would, would recommend. Even I, even again, if it's online, give that a shot. If it's an online event for whatever niche you're in, uh, get out there and mingle with your people. And uh, for a lot of podcasters, we're all introverts, which is what's great. Podcasting is a great way to meet a lot of people without meeting a lot of, <laughs> without meeting a lot of people. But uh, don't be afraid to get out there and uh, mingle because that's where the relationships are built. That's where the opportunities are. Get out there, shake some hands, kiss some babies if you have to, <laughs> whatever. Masked up, of course, and and see what'll happen. You never know.
1: Yeah. Schoolofpodcasting.com is the website. It's a great community. I am there. And it is one of the nicest communities, I think, for just cutting through the fluff. There are a lot of these Facebook communities. It's just like, what kind of mic do I need? You could ask that question at School of Podcasting, but Dave's going to train you so well, you won't need to ask it. (laughs) That's it. It's a time-saving device for podcasters.
0: That's it. I always explain that with businesses. If you take your first couple episodes and take those questions that you get over and over and over and turn those into episodes, when your audience, when you, if it's a business, your potential client shows up, they're much better educated and you're going to then invest your time doing that, not so much 101, but 201 stuff. That's probably more than likely going to lead to some money changing hands. So yeah,
1: yeah, you're pre-selling them just like Ricky Rackman. He already knew who you were. You didn't have to sell him on it. He was ready. <laughs> It was ready. Well Dave, I appreciate you being here on a build a big podcast. We got to do this more often, virtually or not, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, thanks Dave. I appreciate it.
0: Woo! Is that the singer of Great White? Oh, wait, no, is that They all looked like the, you know, it was either like Brett Michaels or or somebody else. Uh it just seemed uh, like uh all right, we're going to stop there for this is going to be edit point number 1. Okay. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Alexa, stop. letting me know it's monday and it's 5 30 and i have to take out the trash i'm like oh, is there any way to shut her up um all right um so ag rock stars lookalikes go, go ahead and hit that point yeah so it was interesting that the legend and-